Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So imagine this. You're driving down a road at night and you're listening to the radio, kind of zoning out. When in the distance, you see something floating in the sky. It's too bright to be a plane. It's too big to be a helicopter. Plus, it's completely stationary and freakishly silent. You pull your car over to get a better look, of course. And when the craft floats over your head, it approaches your car and you hear instructions through what seems like thought transference or telepathy. You do exactly what it says and what happens next is a complete mystery. You come to in your car, everything seems normal, but two hours have passed and you've no memory of what just occurred. Welcome to Red Room. This week, we're talking about alien abductions. Alien abductions and the entire alien world are one of my favorite topics to talk about. I love talking about UFOs, alien technology, and it's a massive theme on Red Room. We've spoken about everything from secret bases to Roswell, but we've never gone in depth on abduction stories. There have been hundreds, if not thousands, of reported cases of alleged alien abductions throughout history, and the subject continues to captivate the imagination of people around the world. Some view the accounts of abductions as credible evidence of alien contact, while others view them as the result of psychological factors, hoaxes, or misidentified natural phenomena. Today, we're going to focus on one story, that of Betty and Barney Hill. But we're not going to solely focus on abduction. We're also going to talk about the alleged purposeful disinformation programs run by US government, which aim to both mislead the public and discredit legitimate claims of UFO sightings, even conducting some of the abductions on their own. Now, before we get going, you know what I'm going to say, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you click follow if you're listening on Spotify or any other podcast app, and make sure to leave me a comment. I love knowing what your favorite episodes are, what your favorite parts are, if you've heard the stories, if you haven't heard the stories. I always, always, always love to hear back from you and be able to chat back and forth. Now, get those tinfoil hats on, because for this episode, you're going to need it, and let's dive in. So Betty and Barney Hill were an American couple who claimed to have been abducted by aliens on September 19th, 1961. And this is one of the first and most 
famous reported cases of alien abduction in the United States. According to Betty and Barney Hill's account, they were driving through rural New Hampshire in 1961 when they saw a strange object in the sky. They reported that the object descended and hovered just over their car, causing them to experience a period of lost time, and we'll get onto that later. Their story has been subject to a lot of scrutiny and so much debate. Some people accept it as legitimate and, you know, one of the most legitimate accounts of alien abduction, while others dismiss it as a hoax or the result of some sort of psychological phenomena like sleep paralysis or repressed memories. But despite the lack of concrete evidence, the case remains one of the most well-known and controversial in the history of UFO sightings and abductions. So we have to talk about it. The Hills, as I said, were a normal couple. Betty worked as a social worker and her husband, Barney, was a postal worker. They were a mixed race couple and they were both members of the NAACP. Barney was on the local rights board of the US Civil Rights Commission as well. So he was an activist in his own regard. The night of their alleged abduction, they were on a long drive home when they saw something strange in the distance as all good UFO and alien abduction stories start. So Betty's sister had apparently seen a flying saucer years before. So Betty was intrigued and she asked Barney to pull over so they could take a look at the object through their binoculars. Betty said through the binoculars, she observed an odd shaped craft flashing multicolored lights traveling across the face of the moon. They got back in their car and continued driving when they noticed the craft began to descend rapidly towards their car and soon the craft was hovering about 100 feet above them. Barney pulled over and looked at the craft again through binoculars. He could see 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, seeming to look at him. One of them somehow communicated to him, telling him to stay where you are. Barney freaked out. He tore the binoculars away from his eyes and shouted at Betty, they're gonna get us. They drove away as fast as they could. Now, almost immediately, the hills heard a series of beeping or buzzing sounds and the car began to vibrate. They then experienced what they described to be an altered state of consciousness, followed by more beeps and buzzing noises. This round of buzzing and beeping noises returned the couple to full consciousness. When Barney came to and looked around, he couldn't believe where they were. The car was almost 60 kilometers away from where they first encountered the craft and more than two hours had passed on their clock. Confused, he took a sudden sharp turn and a fiery orb glowed in front of them on a dirt road. So the hills got home around dawn and they both felt weird. I mean, I've got home at dawn before and I felt fucking weird, but I haven't been abducted by aliens. (laughs) But we all know that that feeling. You're getting home, it's getting bright, you feel something weird has happened. And something's not right. Now, they were confused and they were out of sorts and they were acting weird. Betty insisted that her luggage be kept near the back door. Their watches both stopped working. The leather strap on the binoculars was torn, the toes of Barney's shoes were scraped, and Betty noticed that the dress she was wearing was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. They took long showers to remove possible contamination, and they drew a picture of what they had both remembered to observe. The next day, Betty noticed that her ripped dress was covered in a pink powdery substance. They also noticed there was shiny circles on the car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. 
Betty and Barney experimented with a compass near the car and they said that when they moved it close to the spots, the needle would start whirling rapidly. But when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down suddenly. So on September 21st, Betty called Pierce Air Force Base to report their encounter. She did hold back some information though, because she was afraid of being seen as a kook or someone who was crazy. Now, Major Paul W. Henderson wrote a report on their call and he forwarded it onto Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book is the US Air Force's official UFO research project, which has been officially named as that. So a week later, for five consecutive nights, Betty had a series of distressing and unusual dreams. In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and a group of figures surrounded their car. She lost consciousness and realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk into a dark forest. Barney was walking behind her and he seemed to be in some sort of trance. The men were small, about five feet tall, and they wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses and bluish lips. She said their skin appeared to be grey. In all the dreams, Barney and Betty entered a craft and were separated and told this was because it would take much longer to conduct their exams together. Betty's examiner told her that he would conduct a few tests to note the differences between the human species and the species on the ship. He cut a lock of her hair off. He examined her eyes, her ears, mouth, teeth, throat and hands. He took clippings from her fingernails. He took cell samples from the bottom of her feet. He then tested her nervous system and thrust a needle deep into her belly button, causing apparent agonizing pain. Now, she screamed in pain, but said that when he waved his hand in front of her eyes, the pain vanished. The National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena soon got involved. They heard about the encounter directly from Betty, who claimed that she wanted to try hypnosis to remember what happened to her. But Barney apparently was feeling very apprehensive. He didn't know much about hypnosis. It was kind of an emerging practice and he was very traumatized after what happened to him and was kind of unsure about telling people. Walter N. Webb, who was an astronomer and an NICAP member, met with the couple and conducted a six-hour interview. The Hills first publicly discussed the UFO encounter with a group at their church in 1963, two years after the events occurred. So they kept this quiet for two years. Barney was now apparently open to hypnosis and they were referred to a psychiatrist called Benjamin Simon. Under hypnosis, Barney remembered that the binocular strap had broken while he ran from the UFO back to his car. I tried to maintain control so Betty cannot tell I am scared. God, I'm scared. It's all right. You can go right on experience it. It will not hurt you now. And then I get out with the binoculars. And it is there. And I look. And I walk. I walk out. And I walk across the road. And there it is up there. Oh, God right. damn it. Right. Oh. Calm down. Calm down, it's there, but you can see it, but it's not going to hurt you. He said he drove away from the UFO, but felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. 
he saw six men standing in the dirt road. Three of them approached the car. How could you see these figures so clearly at that distance? I was looking at them with binoculars. Did they have faces like other people? You say one reminded you of a red-headed Irishman. His eyes were slanted. I see it so. His eyes were slanted. This creature, this leader is telling me something. He's telling you something. How? How is he getting it to you? I can see it in his face. Just stay there, he's saying to me. It's All right. I'll take you my head. Just All right. Pull All the binoculars right. away. God, give me strength. All right. All pull right. them down. Run. Pull the binoculars down and run. God. It says, my God, give me strength. They tell Barney not to fear them, and they told him to close his eyes. While hypnotized, Barney said, I feel like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. The beings apparently often stared into his eyes, which terrified and mesmerized Barney. The eyes are there. Always the eyes are there. And they're telling me. I don't have to be afraid. He was escorted to a room by three of the men and told to lie on a small exam table. A cup-like device was placed over his, you know what, and Barney thought that a sperm sample had been taken, but he did say he did not orgasm, so it wasn't cheating. The men scraped his skin and peered in his ears and his mouth, and a tube or cylinder was inserted into his booty hole <laughs> and quickly removed. Poor Barney. So Barney and Betty's memories in hypnotic regression were very consistent with one another, Betty, however, exhibited considerable emotional distress when recounting her capture and examination, with one session ending early because tears were flowing down her cheeks. I don't know where we are. I don't even know how we got here. At that time, I didn't feel afraid. Why are you crying if you're not afraid? I, I was afraid when I thought the men in the road. Men in the road. <laughs> Betty was encouraged to sketch a copy of the star map that she claimed the beings showed her while she was in captivity. While still under hypnosis, she replicated the star map shown on the ship. Years later, a woman named Marjorie Fish attempted to interpret Betty's reproduction of the map and concluded it struck a remarkable resemblance to the star system Zeta Reticuli. So the story of Betty and Barney Hill received widespread attention and sparked interest in the phenomenon of alien abductions. The case remains one of the most well-known and controversial in the history of UFO sightings and abductions, with many people continuing to debate the validity of their claims. Now I want to speak to you about disinformation programs. The term disinformation refers to information that is intentionally false or misleading and is used to manipulate public opinion or obscure the truth. In relation to UFOs, it's conducted by the US Air Force military and Secret Service and it focuses on deliberately spreading false information with the intention to purposely mislead the public's interest or discrediting legitimate claims of UFO encounters. 
The use of disinformation in the context of UFOs has a long history, dating way back to the early days of the modern UFO phenomenon in the late 40s and early 50s, basically since Roswell. Since then, many governments, military organizations, and other entities have been accused of using disinformation tactics to control the public's perception of the phenomenon. Critics of the programs argue that they serve to obscure the truth around the UFO phenomenon and limit our access to accurate information about what is in our sky while others argue that the programs are necessary to protect national security and maintain public order, and that they reflect a legitimate concern about the potential consequences of widespread public belief in extraterrestrial life. Regardless of whatever your perspective is on the subject, it's clear that disinformation is very real, and it has played a significant role in shaping public perceptions of the UFOs and alien story. Now let's talk about Richard Doty. So Richard Doty is a retired special agent with the US Air Force Office of Special Investigations. He's known for his involvement in the investigation of UFO sightings and his alleged involvement in the dissemination of disinformation related to alien spacecraft and abductions. Now, the veracity of these claims is highly disputed, and Doty has been the subject of much controversy and criticism within the UFO community. Some people view him as a credible source who is privy to classified information, while others view him as a government disinformer who is part of a larger effort to conceal the truth about UFO sightings. This is like layers and layers and layers of disinformation. Basically, one half believes that he kind of is letting us finally know the truth, while the other half think that he is still spreading disinformation by kind of saying that he's a whistleblower. It's all very layered. You can figure it out yourself. Doty and his colleagues allegedly fed credulous ufologists lies and half-truths, knowing their fertile imaginations would do the rest. In one instance, the information fed to businessman Paul Benowitz resulted in him having a nervous breakdown and spending the rest of his life in and out of psychiatric facilities before he tragically took his own life in 2003. Now, Doty has spoken publicly on many a UFO documentary and many a UFO congregation or meeting, whatever you want to call it, about how he even helped organize fake abductions. He said they hired actors with birth defects to act as aliens and taking real civilians. Civilian sightings were done by Project Blue Book investigators, but the real mysterious cases were handled by the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. That was part of our job. We went out and tried to disinform people who have had a UFO sighting. And there's manuals that governs exactly how we, we do that. So the next time you hear of an abduction, you've got three options to believe. Legit, a hoax, or part of a covert disinformation program. That is all we have time for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you're enjoying this season so far. Do let me know in the comments what you're loving. Leave me a review. Make sure to subscribe and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.